0: From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 221. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brad Dowdy as always. This episode is brought to you by Harry's and Squarespace. Mr. Dowdy, how are you today?
1: I'm good, sir. How are you? That was a very lively introduction by you. I mean, they're I'm all pretty lively, but you're pumping on it. up the jam. Yeah. You know. Well, you have a big afternoon. I mean, this is the most important part of your day on Wednesday yep. is the Pan Attic Podcast, number one. The number two is the Apple event this afternoon, right?
0: That's why I'm so excited right now. This is my peak of the day.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we'll get you started off on the right foot. Although uh, my show notes are filled with a uh, little bit of angst. Anger. Uh, I, sure. I hate to say <laughs>
0: vitriol in our show notes today lots of curse words um which we cannot repeat but i just want you to know there are f-bombs all over our show notes so you have that to look forward to
1: yeah a certain person put me in a bad mood which we'll we'll talk about in in a little bit but you know the the first thing i wanted to talk about though is your your moving conundrum from Mm. last week and it didn't get me motivated to um get my house in order if you will because it's something I've been meaning to do for a long time but I finally had the time and effort to uh, be able to get in and try to organize some of my stationery you know like some of the stuff we talked about um, with you moving last week and getting new shelving and all that kind of stuff and how you should store things and I still don't necessarily have great answers for you but I tried to at least fix what I have because it was pretty much a mess so you you saw some of my pictures I I posted on Instagram. Yeah, I was uh, this, also watching this. your
0: story, your Instagram story. Which oh yeah, those are fun. fun. Like
1: yeah, mm-hmm. those are fun. Then I forgot to end it, and then it vanishes after like twenty four hours. Yep, <laughs> it does. It does. it's <laughs> so okay.
0: Ephemeral content, Brad. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I gotta you? say, like looking at this man, there's you got a lot of stuff here, but mm-hmm. in a way, like it doesn't feel like as much as I would have expected. At the same time. Like, you should have, and I expect you do have way more stuff than this. Yeah, I you do. You got There's a lot a of ink st- there, man. Like, I think that's your key problem. I know that you're calling out notebooks as your yeah. issue, and you were really upset about notebooks, but mm-hmm. looking at that, like, basically one and a half shells of ink, like, that stuff mm-hmm. is just difficult to do anything with.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, not a lot of it, ha- not all of it has boxes, so they're always hard to arrange properly. But, you know, I mean, I took some before and during and after pictures, and I didn't get to finish it all the way because I got sidetracked during the middle of the day. Um, I was gone for a while, so my project got put on hold until I got back, so I didn't have as much time. But I spent a few hours working on it, and so I have, like, this six-shelf thing in a closet, um, and the shelves don't have any, you know, so That looks like a pretty on. big closet. It is a big closet. It's got two sides. It's like the whole left side is full of more shelves that's all like books and dvds and then like pen boxes um so i did move some rearrange some of that and i'm gonna rearrange more of that for some of these notebooks because what i found out as i was doing this like you said a minute ago notebooks are the real problem here like i'm fine with the pens i'm fine with the inks but the notebooks are everywhere and i don't know what to do like my first
0: yeah I see, I see that. I guess I guess like where I'm saying like ink is a problem because it's hard to do anything with. At least you can have like way more bottles of ink and it takes up less space. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the ink, the ink's clearly a problem. I mean, I have too much, but it, that's okay. You know, I like trying different things and I'm good with that. Then I did like the top shelf. I put up a bunch of the big notebooks that don't really have a great place to go. And then the third shelf, I got the little field notes retail display from my friend Kevin uh, Penley that used to work for Knock. He, he was moving and wanted to get rid of it. And I said, yeah, I'll take it. And I figured I'd use it for my storage. It'll probably eventually go in my office. And that's where I keep like the the one of each of all the colors. Um, so they're in yeah, that I'll little to display. Say I'm
0: so jealous of that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that came out good on the shelf. And then I stacked all the extra field notes I have um, up to the side of it. And then... Like, I took a bunch of pens and notebooks and other things off the shelf. So, I have three more shelves to get through. The pens are going to be okay. I've got, like, these... um, They actually call them dish pans or dish buckets. Not, like, dish pan, like... Not, like, bed pan, but, like, you know, washing dishes. Like
0: sink bucket things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, Like, like for drying dishes and things like that. So, I got them. They don't really fit perfectly in the shelf, but they're good enough Mm -hmm. for... Like all my gel pens, all my ballpoint pens, all my highlighters, all those things go in Ziplocs in those bags. So when I get, all of a sudden I have 10 of those on my desk, I can go in and drop them in the little bag that they need, right? So mm-hmm. the problem's still going to be when I get done with this is the notebooks because number one, there's so many of them. Number two, there are so many different sizes and configurations. They don't stack neatly. So having to figure out what to do with that you know like it's good like the memo books stack well as long as they're wrapped the a5 books are usually the right size and configuration to stack well everything else is kind of a crapshoot um you know just random sizes some used some not used Um, So I just got to figure that out. I mean, and I'm going to ship a bunch of these off. You know, I've got some, some people, I'll probably send some to the school just because I don't need this many. Um, And I, the biggest thing that you should focus on, which I'm trying to do when I get done with this is to have room for growth. You know, you got to build in some extra space. This is what I I was
0: talking about, right? Like you can't just have it. So like, oh, great. Everything fits. No, that's, that's, that's a problem.
1: Yeah. If you max it out right out the gate, you are in big trouble. So I ended up not getting finished. Um, so I'll probably get back to it this weekend, see if I can figure something out with the notebooks.
0: So my what my final know? solution mm-hmm. is going to be the Ikea Kallax stuff. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. taking a look through it. And what I really like is, uh, obviously, because it's Ikea, it's kind of uh, expandable in a way, Like because it's basically like the empty squares, but you can buy doors and shelves, like drawers to go inside of them. Mm-hmm. so you can kind of like customize it to what you need yeah. so like i'm gonna get a few i'll get some boxes throw some stuff in get some shelves or like drawers i mean and put some stuff in those and and then i should be able to like build and rearrange it like over time because you can kind of pull stuff out put new stuff in so that's probably what i'm gonna go with what well, is what i'm gonna go with but i haven't, obviously I haven't worked out the exact amount of these things but in my mega office I'm basically going to put as many of these units in as possible yeah. and then some of them will be empty but that's fine because that's the idea right?
1: Exactly yeah that's perfect so So, there you go I didn't, uh, the, a bunch of questions, you know, did I find anything, you know, I was yeah. not expecting to find, I really didn't. I, I found a bunch of old business cards from Jeff's previous business called alter manufacturing, which you I also found remember that getting. crazy jet pens
0: hat that you put in. <laughs> yeah,
1: that hat's pretty sweet. Um, I love that thing. So, um, yeah, I moved that to my closet and, uh, so, uh, uh so I can wear it from time to time. Jet Doe has the the same hairdo that I do, so I, I appreciate him and that the hat's pretty sweet. I can fit my hair right in it. <laughs> so as thrilling as that was, the notebooks got me a little angsty, and when I started writing the show notes, that angst came out in uh, these next few topics a little bit. Um, and it's really just the first one; the other stuff's fine. But I just got on a roll and uh, just started going through through the notes that way. But our uh, nemesis, I'm going to call her, uh, Ann Trubeck, If you guys will remember that name, she's the one that was on the Freakonomics podcast. I think Stephen Dubner did that. I don't know if his partner did that one. But I think it was Dubner was the host on that one. Um, and she was... She's writing a book um, about um, essentially that handwriting can just go away. We don't need to learn it. Yep. It doesn't matter. And she... This came back to light because she did an opinion piece two weeks ago in the New York Times, in the you know in the op-ed section called "Handwriting Just Doesn't Matter," and she goes through all this historical stuff of why you know how we've evolved over time, and no one you know scratches on caves with rocks and sticks anymore, and and things like that. So, you know, but. It's just all this nonsense. And then what really, you know, that's fine. I'm good with all this. You know, she's going through the failings of handwriting through time, how it's changed and morphed, why we should move into digital things and things like that. And then at the end, the very last paragraph, she has to drop in the thing that bothers me the most about her. And it's this first sentence. In the last paragraph, she says, but as a left-hander with terrible handwriting who watched my son struggle to master cursive, he had to stay inside during recess for much of the third grade because he wrote his J's backwards. That is a loss I can weather. That drives me insane. I, I just want to come through the computer at her when she writes nonsense like this. She did this on the podcast. She said her son was, had issues. I think they changed schools or something in second grade. It was a second grade issue on the podcast um, where her son you know, was trying to learn handwriting and couldn't get it. I, I think my daughter wrote her nines backwards for about two years. I mean, this is what kids do. It's part of the learning process and they need to be taught that so they can write it normally. Your son had to stay back from recess for all of third grade for writing his J's backwards. I doubt that he just needs to keep going and keep writing and keep learning. And then the J's happen. You know, it's, he's not going to write his J's backwards forever. You know, you don't see adults walking around sucking their thumb, you know, it just stops. It's infuriating when she invokes her son not being schooled properly or not being able to do everything perfectly right out the gate when you know I've saw I've seen my daughter go through the same thing and it's a completely normal thing like what she's saying with her son is not abnormal that's such a normal thing going through yep. first second and third grade as you're learning to write as you're trying to um pick up just printing, and I'm not even talking about cursive here. Like, you know, I I just want the kids to be able to learn handwriting. I would like them to be able to read to write cursive because it helps you read cursive, it helps you study all the historical documents, it helps you, it's just good for your brain. There's no reason why you should discount handwriting like she wants to discount handwriting. And just to be perfectly clear, the tagline at the bottom of the post, or the... The article on the New York Times is Anne Trubeck is the author of The Forthcoming, The History and Uncertain Future of Handwriting. So I mean, she actually she's trying to sell a book. So and that's fine. But the way she invokes her child repeatedly really bothers me because I've had kids that have gone through this stuff and have learned you know over the years just by practice just by doing their homework you know we'll sit there and write pages of the letters that they're not working on that are that are not coming out right in their hand and they get frustrated it's part of growing up it's part of learning and nothing it's makes like me saying so angry that we shouldn't learn
0: mental arithmetic anymore because we have calculators right right but i mean we still do that stuff because there's like basic understanding of just the way things work Maybe in 50 years we won't teach cursive in school anymore. Maybe. Right? right? Maybe right. for whatever reason it just won't happen anymore. But right now it's still something you need to know. It's st- you know, you need to know how to write. You need to know how to fill out a form. Yeah. See, it's a skill that kids need to learn. And quite frankly kids will always struggle with it. I still struggle with writing at times. Like I get my p's and my b's mixed up and I know my D's. Anything that looks like that shape, I get them all mixed up constantly, and I don't know why. I've always been this way. It's just a thing that's embedded in my brain, just to get those mixed up. Like it just happens. Like, but but I don't think any. I mean, I don't know what kind of school is doing that to a kid. Right. Right. Like keeping them in every recess. Maybe they do sometimes. You know, for extra like extra training, extra help that's also not a punishment like they're trying to help him (laughs) right
1: Right? it's not
0: being detained like they're trying to help the kid i don't know i mean clearly this upsets her for whatever reason and i understand that but i don't think that decrying i mean we spoke we spoke about this before right when when the article came out when they did the
1: podcast it was a few months ago when they did the freakonomics show when she was on there
0: but i don't think it's reason enough to decry that handwriting should be over
1: Right, right. So we put the, so that was two weeks ago. Last week, the opinion page ran all the letters to the editor that they got, or some of them. There were seven that they posted. Not one of them supported her. Like they were all, you know, pretty upset with her conclusion, Um, which generally, when you see a divisive article, you'll get both sides' responses represented in a paper like the Times, you know, in the op ed letters. You'll get, you know, some people. Fully agree. Some people disagree. Some people in the middle. This was all just <laughs> disagreement down the board. Um, so I thought that was kind of telling. It's I, I don't get it. I, I don't know why why you want to make this your thing. Like mm-hmm. why why is this your platform? I don't understand it, and I and I never will. So there's that. But one thing I do understand, Mike, is the value of a good shave. And boy, I had a great shave with my Harry's razor this morning.
0: Look at you. You just. You're so good at this.
1: You know? I try, man. You really do it. and do True Beck joke. got me ramped up.
0: Harry's does give you that great shave, and they continue to give you an even better shave because they improve their product and don't charge you more. This is what makes Harry's so great. They don't, they're adding tons of features to their razors. They're changing up their blades, but they're not charging you any more for it. They're keeping that price the same. This isn't what you're used to with your previous razor companies, but this is why Harry's is different, and it's why you should be checking them out. Harry's five-blade razors include a soft- Flex Hinge for more comfortable glide, a trimmer blade for hard-to-reach places, a lubricating strip, and their new razor handle has a great texture to it, so even when your hands are wet, you'll be able to keep that grip and get the shade that you're looking for. Harry's will give you a full refund if you're not happy with their products, because they believe in guaranteeing their quality, because they know how great they are, and they're at a great price as well. They're just 2 Dollars per blade. So much cheaper than what you're gonna find up at the big brand blade companies and razor companies. Which is why on average an everyday shaver saves $150 a year on blades using Harry's. That savings is amazing. And you get so much for it. You get a great looking product, great smelling products, all of their shaving stuff, like The foaming shave gel and the aftershave stuff and and all of the creams and stuff that they have, they all smell amazing. You get great value for money and you're going to get a fantastic shave. And because you'll be able to get your blades and your products for cheaper, you'll be able to switch the blades out more often and get that smoother shave every single time. Now, for just $15, you can get yourself a weighted razor handle, moisturizing shave cream and three precision engineered five blade cartridges and a beautiful travel cover as well. But you can get this for ten dollars as being a listener of this show. Because if you go to Harrys dot com right now and use my code, which is PenAddict to check out, you'll get five dollars off your first purchase. That's H A R R Y S dot com. Coupon code PenAddict to check out for five dollars off. Thank you so much to Harrys for their support of this show and Relay FM.
1: So my my rage towards and Truebeck, um kind of flowed through these next couple of topics, but it's really misplaced. Um, it was I was just on a roll writing the show documents. I'm not that upset about them, but we should definitely talk about them in um, very uh, in a, a very curious manner. You know, there's lots of questions about it, and the, the first one is the new Mont Blanc uh, notebook that they're doing, the augmented paper. Uh, what are they calling this one, Michael? I didn't pull this one up here. The Mont Blanc one. yeah. Um, the Montblanc something. I guess they're yeah. I thought they were calling. I guess it's they're just calling it augmented paper. Augmented paper. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the kind of things that you've heard of us talking and railing on about the the handwriting recognition. You know, writing with a pen, getting it into a digital conversion, and this is Montblanc's version of it. And the the article I read on it was on the Verge, and Mm -hmm. they. While I'm not a huge Verge fan or Verge reader, I thought the author, who's this James Vincent, actually did a pretty good job on this. Basically, with a lot of the "I don't get it" stuff, um, you know, the, the price with anything on Mont Blanc is going to be the the kicker. It's going to be way more outrageous, um, you know, than any other comparable product for the most part. You know, the Moleskin stuff was around $200, 250, I think. It was around two, maybe one ninety nine. So, But, you know, James comes to the conclusion. He says, for an invertebrate note-taker like myself, all this seems like a tax on productivity. I create new to-do lists every couple of days, performing triage on the old list to reprioritize my tasks. I use a cheap A4 binder notebook and nice pens, but they're not Montblanc nice, and I'd hate to be stuck using what feels like, to me, a chubby ballpoint. I'm intrigued by digital note-taking, and I'm going to preserve, persevere with the augmented paper a while longer but my first impression is that i'm better off with a paper a pen and my messy scribbles and i think that is a lot of people's in res- result who tries one of these devices out don't you think yeah i think so yeah i mean and you certainly don't need to spend the mont blanc price to test this out you know you no, can get 650
0: it 650 over- euros insane
1: yeah, 650 euros. It's they use the Starwalker model mm-hmm. pen, which is an okay design.
0: But it's like everything Montblanc, right? Like you're paying for the brand, you're paying for the quality of the materials, like you're paying extra to get the Mont Blancness of it all really.
1: Yeah. And the, the the title the title of the article is great. It says Montblanc's augmented paper digitizes rich people's handwriting. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That's, exactly and that's what, what it, it is. For. is. Yeah, but it's it's not just it's just not a good experience, right? No one has. Yep. One day, in our lifetime, someone's going to nail this technology. scan is close, right? Yeah, Moleskin's close, but it's not there right now. And the level of frustration that you have when you have to use not your favorite pen yep. on not your favorite paper, and it only works sometimes, is not worth. Any amount of money, much less six hundred and fifty euro.
0: Yep, and you know you get you get like an Italian leather envelope that it all goes in, and the modified mm. Star Walker and a Mont blanc Italian paper notebook. Uh, yeah. But apparently, the app itself just kind of sucks. Like, um, the, the, who was it that did the review on the Verge? Uh, James Vincent. Uh, James Same talks guy. about the fact that the the application it, you can tag the the notes that you save. But you can't organize them into folders or anything. So you just have this, just this long list uh. of stuff if you're just scrolling through. And every note that you take on the paper gets its own page in the application. Even if like you went back to a previous piece of paper and wrote on that piece of paper, it doesn't get merged in. Right. It just takes it as a new note, and apparently hmm. there's a way to merge notes together, but it's really difficult to get it right. So it kind of, it doesn't really pay attention to the pages, and if I remember correctly, the Moleskine one does, because it knows what page you're on, and kind of right. will add to it. So And there's no live conversion of handwriting in, the app, in this application, in the Montblanc
1: one. So it all picks it up after you have to
0: yeah. sync, essentially. So you kind of sync it. Now, what's really weird about this is Montblanc are using Wacom's technology.
1: Mm-hmm. but
0: Wacom's product seems better
1: <laughs> yeah so that's that's next on our list and I called them uh, I called them being on the bandwagon but I knew that was an incorrect term they're actually one of the leaders in this and if anyone's gonna nail this I, I fully believe it's gonna be them they haven't done it yet but talk about this slate because didn't we wasn't there a product called the slate or something similar that I we talked so. about in the past
0: yeah' it's, that's it's such an obvious name. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been used before, but so they have two products. They have the Wacom Slate, which is just a notepad, and then the Wacom Folio, which includes an integrated cover. But the notepad, like it's well, to call it a notepad, is probably a little bit wrong. It's kind of like a notepad slash back plate thing. Yeah, it's a writing board essentially. Yeah. And then there's one that includes a, a cover as well. Now the Wacom's version does let you use and see live capture handwriting um and with them they have a cloud sync storage stuff the app has five gigabytes of free storage um, and then you need to pay more like a subscription fee to get more storage in the cloud Mm -hmm.
1: so i want to ask you and i want to discount the ipad pro and the apple pencil from the conversation are you even remotely interested in a device like the slate yes Really, I but, like. I, my, I'm at. I'm at. Like, I'm at zero. Okay, let me rephrase that.
0: I'm interested in the outcome of a product mm-hmm. like this, mm-hmm. but as you said, like it needs to be some way in which it can just integrate with whatever products I want to use. Right. Right. And I don't know how you would do that.
1: There's such a huge amount of friction with these devices right now to accomplish anything. Right. It's you know I have a pen and a piece of paper sitting here and I can just write down whatever I want, and I know where it is, and I know what I said. And I don't have to have an extra device to sync my notes. I don't have to wonder if it actually works. I don't have to have extra batteries, extra charging cables, all kinds of friction that prevents you from getting what you need down. And that's all I see in these type of devices. Um, But like I said, I think if anyone's going to eventually do something that's Going to be kind of like the great, the great crossover potential. It, it's going to be Wacom or Wacom. Um,
0: there's another product though, which is kind of interesting, which isn't one of these, but it's another take on this type of thing.
1: Yeah, you picked up on this, and I hadn't seen it before. It was actually in the Moskin article, but I didn't click the link. The Lenovo, the Lenovo Yoga book. I'm I'm gonna say this yeah. is kind of interesting. So hit this up for me. So
0: the Yoga book is like a new type of laptop that Lenovo are making, and it's it kind of builds on some stuff they've done with dual screen tablets and stuff. So it is a touchscreen on one side, and it can either run Chrome or Windows. And then the bottom part is just like a flat like, touch screen, but not a screen. So it's a Surface that can have a, a keyboard. It will like light up a keyboard, so you can type on it, but you're basically typing on glass. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can also put a piece of paper on this and take notes. So they have a stylus, but their stylus. You can pop out the stylus part and put in an ink cartridge. And mm-hmm. then you can take notes on it on any piece of paper that you choose, and it senses because like, the paper's on top of the of the um, the the slate side, not the screen side. So it mm-hmm. senses that, and then it can do two things: it can do the live kind of handwriting, or it can apparently do live uh, handwriting to text conversion. Okay. Um, and there's two ways you can do it. You can either do it so it's flat out like that, so you can see it as you're writing, or you can flip the whole thing over and just write, and you don't see the screen. Gotcha. Now I've done a little bit of digging on this just to try and mm. understand the way that, that they're doing this, and there is a um, there's an ink uh, refill that Lenovo sell. Uh, I don't know what this refill is. It says Mini Star on the refill, yeah. and a bit of googling suggests that that is a company that exists.
1: Okay, well it's it's a, it's a stock D1 refill, so right. any D1 refill will fit. Is what? So it there is, you so. go.
0: You can put your any. So that's getting close because you can use any paper you want. Mm-hmm. And you can use any D1 refill you want.
1: And this is cheaper than something like the Moleskine because you don't have to pay. F- I mean, the Moleskine, the Mont Blanc because you don't have to pay for Mont Blanc. You know, and this has a full operating system in the computer. You know, either Windows Ten or Android Marshmallow. Um, and it's cheaper. Um, th- this is at least interesting. Like I can, like I, I, I can shake my head at this and go, okay, I get it. You know, and, you know, maybe this works out well. We don't know how the technology works and if it's useful. But I still like if you're going to do any of this, if you're going to if you're not going the pen and paper route and I don't even own one, but I don't see how anything beats an iPad and Apple Pencil for doing the most amount of things in the best way. It's it's
0: the closest that I've gotten to.
1: Yeah, that's why I own none of these products because I don't think they would work for me even in and, and that includes the Apple Pencil or an iPad Pro. I don't the I just don't have the need for it. Cuz basically as time has
0: gone on, the way that I use my note-taking stuff for for the uh iPad Pro mm-hmm. is I use an app mostly called Notability, which I really mm-hmm. like. Um, and it does a good job and it has good tools, it has highlighting tools and stuff like that in it. But what I would do is, is say I'm on a a business call and I take notes on the business call. I take them here because then it syncs by iCloud. I've got it on all my devices and that's mm. the way that I that I do it. So they're the sure. types of things that I'm taking notes in, you know, because yeah. that stuff is it's better for me to have that all over the place. So, for me, those things are better than, than using paper and scanning it or whatever, because I can just write it straight in
1: Notability, and I like so it a lot for that. So, you're using the Apple Pencil to to transcribe those notes, essentially.
0: Yep. So, I okay. just I have my iPad in front of me, and then I'm just taking notes in Notability of my Apple Pencil, and
1: it's great. Right, right. Okay, cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad we, we touched on these, because they're all new. Um, I'm sure people want to hear about them. You know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be that holiday thing. season time. I don't know why. It, well, it's holiday season, so
0: no. But I mean, I don't know why so many companies are jumping on this specific bandwagon.
1: Yeah, it's expanding, and if if anything, if we've learned anything, one, it's going to there's going to be some frustration, and two, Moleskine seems to do it better than pretty much anyone else right now. So, yeah, it's not a perfect uh, system. It's not a perfect outcome, but um, you know, next five years, I think we're gonna see someone like really get it I mean it's 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 on the way I'm mildly interested I'm not interested in any of these devices but I think it one day I will have something um, like this. This
0: episode of The Pen Addict is also brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. Start booting your website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code INK at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you. Because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Squarespace lets you put together a site that looks professionally designed because they have professionally designed templates. And it doesn't matter how much coding knowledge you have, it doesn't matter if you've ever made a website before, you will be able to use Squarespace because you can use their fantastic tools, their drag and drop page editing tools, their beautiful widgets and WYSIWYG editors to make a site look and feel exactly how you want. This is all part of their state-of-the-art technology that not only lets you craft and create the site that you want to make, it also ensures security and stability all times they have great hosting they're rock solid and you don't need to worry about security updates and stuff like that because they just take care of all of it for you this is why squarespace are trusted by millions of people around the world yes millions squarespace has millions of customers you should be one of them because their products are fantastic their site templates so just I mentioned them already, they're professionally designed, they're beautiful, but they also feature responsive design, so your site will look great on all devices, from phones to tablets to desktop computers as well. They have 24-7 support with live chat and emails. So if you do have any problems, they're always there in case you need them. They also have their dev platform as well, so if you do know code, if you do know what you're doing, you can dig in, to the code and tinker with your Squarespace site and still take advantage of all of their great support, all of their great hosting, and all of their great security and tools. And also if you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name as well. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month, and you can go and try them out right now by going to squarespace.com You can sign up for a free trial, you don't need to put any credit card information in, so you can really give Squarespace a whirl before you sign up and then when you do, make sure that you use the offer code INK at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for The Pen Addict. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and Relay FM.
1: So we we both have Squarespace sites, and at one time we both had uh, Field Notes pages on our sites. But we, as we got busy, those fell by the wayside, and because uh, it's just hard to keep up, and you, we're doing so many other things. But there's a new uh, Field Notes resource that's underway right now. It just has wallpapers up, but it's so cool. I wanted to get it out there. It's called Fieldly. Um, he does. How did these you come very- across this? Uh, Someone in the – I think it was – was it you, Crazy Bobbles, in the chat room here uh, on Slack? Put this in the uh, Slack chat. And I was like, I'm totally using that for the newsletter this weekend and for the show because I think they're really cool. They're very – um. What's the word? It's simple. It's like minimalistic. It not, it's not the word. Minimalistic, yes. V- minimalistic wallpaper. So they just take kind of take the colors in kind of blocky type design. It's an aesthetic I really, really like. Um, so, yeah, it was Crazy Bobbles here. He found this somewhere. I don't know where, but he's the first one I saw it from in, in Slack. And I thought this was really cool. I uh, co-opted the Drink Local um, wallpaper for my laptop background and i have the field notes grass stained green for my phone backgrounds what do you think about these
0: i love them what i really wish that they had was a desktop background of all of them
1: Mm, that'd be cool
0: because that they're like the desktop backgrounds they're like super big and then they just have like the one element in the middle which is like the the simple representation of that edition which i love but i really as i say i would love to be able to see all of them in one yeah. And, and I don't awesome. even
1: know who's behind it. I, I looked for it and just, you know, see if I could send them an email or something. Maybe I did. It is a uh,
0: design agency called Quarry.
1: Ah. They so build it's not a digital
0: experiences. It's two people Dennis Cortez and Drew Miller.
1: Hmm.
0: I did a gotcha. little bit of digging.
1: Okay. So it's like a, a, a project of theirs to kind of like show off what they can do.
0: Yeah. I re- Some of my favorites on here are the dry transfer because they have a little cell phone bag with a <laughs> lollipop stick. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah and they have all the little elements they did such a really really great job with this Like they, these people are very clearly fans of Field Notes and it looks like they're going to have more in this page like right now it says it's just wallpapers but they have two links that aren't active yet Field Notes list and reference So
1: yeah so I look forward to seeing what they do if it's mm-hmm. as uh, beautiful and useful as, as this it's going to be a, a nice resource for all of us I mean clearly I have a problem He saw pictures of it
0: I think I'm gonna, uh, think I'm gonna set up maybe Raven's Wing as my desktop background. Mm, nice. it's so iconic, you know, that yep. orange band. Yeah, that's Real cool. Sweet.
1: I like all the different colors of the uh, the drink local. So that that was good. My my second choice was uh, just below zero for the desktop. So that one that one looks good too. So anyway, snowblind
0: one is good because they've they've put the blue background. Yeah,
1: yeah, very it's nice. Just all around good. They're very they're all nice. good. You can't go wrong with any of them. But apparently, you can uh, you can't go wrong with orange inks either, Mike. You got uh, something in the mail.
0: I don't even know if you'd call this orange. You don't like, think? No, I don't think it's orange. Uh, okay, I received in wrong. the mail Diamine Autumn Oak, and I don't know where this came from. Um, <laughs> it was a cold pen's order, and it just arrived at my house. So I don't remember having this conversation with anybody. I'm sorry if I've forgotten. But whoever it was, thank you for sending this to me. Uh, <laughs> I have it now. So um, that's good. <laughs> I, I really don't know why, but it's here.
1: Uh, I got, yeah, Diamine Autumn Oak. You don't, uh, you don't think it's orange ish, like uh, Noodler's Apache Sunset? I don't think, I don't know that you've ever used that, but that's a great kind of shading fall. It's a fall. Well, autumn's in the name. So no, I used Apache
0: but, Sunset, but mm-hmm. to me, this is brown. Okay. This looks brown to me. I mean, I don't know if I'm doing it wrong, but like, I loaded it up in one of my pens, and it's brown. Huh. Okay. Although I am having a bit of a problem with with the pen that I've got it in, which is just a quick aside. It's just so frustrating. I hate changing inks because mm-hmm. when I ink this thing up and I start using it, it's nice and brown. But now, after a while, it's going like a horrible dark green color because the previous ink that I had in this pen doesn't matter. I've washed it out. Like,
1: it just takes so long. Were you not on our Booger Suckers episode? I'm not doing it. Do you? Do, why?
0: Because I hate that you keep calling it that.
1: <laughs> but you're the one complaining about your. Uh, but I don't have it. I don't now. have it. I don't have one. So what do you want? To, what do you want me? What do you want well, me to go do? Go down to the. I mean, go to the no. grocery store and get one.
0: Well, maybe I will, but I'm not going to do it now
1: because you're bullying me,
0: <laughs> just, just out of spite. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't have one because I don't do this. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't change inks that much. But you
1: don't. You don't. You 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 run out of ink. It's the same color. You refill it, and then if there's a problem, you'll clean it out. But mm-hmm. you're going to run the same shade through, so it's not really going to show any difference. Which I could, I totally get.
0: But what I was totally playing get. around with it, and when I, when the color was accurate, it looks like an autumn leaves color. So it's like it's kind of like a amberish like but i would say it's closer to brown i can see okay. why people could class this as orange mm-hmm. but to me it's that's a brown color like when leaves go in the fall right like that to me is a brown right. yep 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 but i okay. i actually really like it i mean i hope that i can properly clean this pen out because i will leave it inked just keep
1: yeah just keep using it i mean i don't even, have a brown ink you know yeah I like. I'm. I've started to get into brown ink. Some. I usually have at least one inked up. Where I would never even purchase one, in the past.
0: But now, as I say, it's this horrible blue green <laughs> color. But yeah, but, I
1: whoever got me this, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, that's what we really need to find out is where this ink came from. It definitely came from the UK. So mm-hmm. someone placed a Colt pins order for well, it. Yeah, yeah, it came from Colt pins. I pens. mean, anyone could have placed it. I'm just saying, it came from Colt pens, So someone knew to. So. Yeah. 've we've, uh, we've missed something maybe <laughs>
0: yeah I, I don't know I don't know I'm, you know what well, I bet like as soon as I find out what this sentiment is I'll be like oh yeah I remember having that conversation yeah exactly but right now exactly. I have absolutely no memory of it yeah but it's a nice color
1: it is it's a uh, very popular color it's a good one.
0: You want to round right. out with some last TPA today?
1: Yeah, let's do it because we haven't done it for a couple of weeks now. I've saved several of the questions that I wanted to get to. Um, Some I can rapid fire. Some I want to spend a few minutes on, like this first one, uh, which is from Carrie. Not uh, Fountain Pen Day Carrie, but hey, Fountain Pen Day Carrie, if you're listening, It's this one's not from you. It says, hello, Mike and Brad. I'm one of those people who loves your podcast, even if I'm not a pen addict myself. I'm looking to buy we my first you. fancy pen for the express purpose of wireframing. I like to draw up my websites and actually draw code before I touch a computer. I was wondering what a good pen would be for drawing straight lines and drawing tiny notes, something that is precise and very easy to handle. I have shaky hand and I grip pens too hard. So it need to be comfortable as well. Looking through the pen websites is a bit daunting. There's so much selection. Keep up the good show, Carrie. So that's a, that's a great email. This is, this is the kind of email I love. And there used to be, I, I was, I've already responded to Carrie via email. Um, and there used to be this site years ago where a designer ran a blog where he reviewed the pens that he did wireframes with, and I couldn't find it. I searched and searched and searched. I could not find it. Um, but I gave Carrie three general recommendations, which were number one, the secure Pigma Micron. Um, I'm looking for something that has a lot of various tip sizes and in black ink, and that has archival ink properties, and has a durable tip enough to where he can use it with a ruler if he needs to. So that's the first one that came to mind. Also the Stadler uh, pigment liner, essentially the same pen just depends on your aesthetic preferences. Some prefer one over the other. The second one I gave him was the Oto graphic liner, which has a full metal tip. It doesn't have the felt. I mean the plastic tip like the secure and Stadler, but it's also permanent. It's also pitch black and they also have very, very, very fine lines um, if you get the right size, you get the smallest size with that. Um, the third one I gave is the Pilot High tech C, which is used by a lot of designers for this exact thing. Um, that needle, anything with a needle point, if you notice, I didn't give him any like conical tips, that's a much more conducive to running against a ruler in a straight fashion. Um, you know, you keep the line straighter because you don't have that variance that you get in the the cone tip. And um, then when you're not using the ruler, you definitely have a better line of sight for the needle, even though, you know, it's arguable. It's not that much. Then I mentioned one thing to him, which I actually thought of while I was typing it and something I wasn't aware of years ago when I was first answering this question. But these days I see a lot of wireframe work with color and the Copic system for something like that because you can get the very fine black tip their metal tip they're refillable they're expensive you're gonna pay a premium for these pens but they allow you if you're using the black to do your framing and then you need to add splashes of color their marker systems will draw over these markers without bleed or anything like you can do all kinds of cool touches and stuff like that so those were my recommendations for like a wire framing setup so um, those are all pens that I love. Pens I like, and uh, it was it was really really good email. I enjoy. I especially enjoy seeing uh, someone. Hey, I love your show. I'm not really a pen addict, but I just like listen. That's that's cool. We get that sometimes. I like that. The yeah, only thing I that
0: did. came to my mind, which is not even answering the the question, would be a Rotring 600. Yeah, uh, it's I figured- It's totally out there because it's obviously it's not a pen. It's a pencil. But I feel like if this is the type of work you're doing. Mm-hmm. Doing it in pencil, at least to begin, might be a good uh, yeah. idea. Yeah, So and that would... I recommend the Rotaring 600 for
1: that. And that's the clear choice. I completely agree with that.
0: So I, I think you should add this to your arsenal, even if you're looking to go pen at the end, carrying. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think having a Rotaring 600 would be a really great um, addition to that to allow you to do a little bit of extra or a little bit work or a little bit of like pre-work or whatever, and you can kind of go over it as you need to. Yeah, that's great. That would be my recommendation.
1: All right, so the next one is, and these are from a week or more ago on Twitter, a bunch of the hashtag Asp. TPA questions, you can always reach us on Twitter at hashtag askTPA. We have a script that pulls in all the files and gets them ready for us for the show. So, the idea pump wants to know why there's no love for the Zebra F301 compact in the EDC community. What did it do to be ignored? So, I wanted to bring this up because the 301 is actually a very popular pen. Um, You can get it at all kinds of stores on the store shelf. Um, grocery stores office supply stores everywhere the problem with it for the edc community is the grip is really really bad it's this hard plastic attempted kind of knurling thing and it's just crummy and the zebra f701 has a full stainless steel barrel and a stainless steel knurled grip And it costs twice as much as the 301, but that twice as much means it costs $6 instead of $3. So the F701 is going to win that battle every time in the EDC community just because of the way the grip is made for the F301. It's a good pin. I see a lot of people use it in an office environment, but um, for a carry pin, it's going to lose nearly every time to the 701. Right, Mike?
0: I don't know anything about
1: these. <laughs> I know, I know that. I've That's never even I seen to, them before. <laughs> That's why I wanted to answer because it's a good it's a question that comes up a lot. All right, so this one you can help me out with and I think I know your answer but I want to elaborate on it a little bit more. So uh, uh I guess I probably should have gotten real names on some of these, but this is at Coatlid. Um it's not really spelled like it sounds, but I'm going to go with that. He asks, uh, "You and I, which pen and or notebook subscription do you recommend?" Preferably EU based because I am in Greece. Thank you very much. I,
0: I can't. I can't help. I don't know. Yeah, any.
1: you can. Well, you just want to say field notes, right?
0: But yeah, I mean, but I can't help because I can't go with the EU based.
1: Right. So I'll help with that, and that's why I wanted to bring it up because um, they're very good followers on um, on Twitter. They're very good in the Twitter community. And they, have, they do a subscription of random notebooks. It's called Pocket Notebooks. Very simple name, but it's pocketnotebooks.co.uk. And I don't subscribe to it. Um, I've talked to them many, many times. Seems like a good group of people behind the scenes. They're at least in Europe. You can get all kinds of different, um, very, very cool notebooks. And they have um, subscription services. So, And I don't know, like they're... I'm just clicking through links here. I don't know how the full details, but like they have a large subscription box set of nine. That's like 24 pounds and you can t- ask, you can get it delivered every one month, every two months, every three months. So, you know, and it gives you a random sampling of different things. You can try, see what you like. But um, I thought that was a very good question because I, there may be more out there and I'd like to know, especially if there's any um, European based companies that are doing things like pocket notebooks does. I know there's a few other options here in the U S but, that seems to be the perfect answer for your question. All right, Travis Keltner on Twitter wants to know: How do you know if a pin is fairly priced at a pin show? Is there a vintage pin price condition guide? I put this question in here on purpose because this actually comes up all the time, but you only hear it if you're at a pin show. And this is goes back to you know first time pin shows, new pin show user, new pin show visitors, things like that. They want, I mean you don't want to get taken advantage of, right? So the question has arisen to me and to several other people's, well, why isn't there some kind of vintage price guide? And I guess in theory there could be, there's not that I'm aware of because I, I guess other things that have price guides like coins or stamps or baseball cards, there's all kinds of condition ratings that can be applied to it. And that would have to be done. It's It would be a huge undertaking nowadays to get this done. I don't know if there's something in the past. And the problem with that is keeping it updated. It's such a massive undertaking. Getting it done, number one, would be years of work. And number two, keeping it updated constantly. It, it just tends to be a general challenge. So, We've been doing some articles on the Pen Addict, um, a gentleman by the name of Ron Gilmore. Thank you, Ron, for writing these posts. He's covered like um, the Parker Vacumatic, the Parker 51, the Esther Brooks. So what you want to do, the best thing I can do is f- read some articles of the main vintage pens. Those are some of them, um, some of the Schaefer's. And figure out, like people will often say, and I know Ron does, I bought a pen in this condition and it was around this price. And then you can kind of get a ballpark range. If there's a, you need to focus on something before going into vintage, I think. Like you need not need to go into a pin show and say, I'm going to purchase a vintage pin. You need to say, I'm going to look at Esther Brooks today and do your research before you go and understand what the different models are, what their general price should be, what things to look for from a condition perspective and have a mental price in your head on what you should pay for that, on what's a fair price. It's never going to be a perfect science. And this is one of the biggest challenges we have in trying to bridge any kind of generation knowledge gap between collectors who have been around forever and collectors who are new coming into the market. So we think about this a lot. We talk about it a lot with everyone at pen shows. There's no Good answer but if you can focus on one or two things learn what you want learn what you need to know about them make a purchase see how it goes and then maybe pick a different pen to learn about and do your research on then on that pen and then go in and you know see what you can find for that and then that um information just kind of um you know you collect that information, you're expanding your knowledge, and then it's easier to find, okay, well, I've done pretty good with these Parkers and 51s and Vacumatics. Let me look at these Shafers. Now I know what to look for without doing as much research. And it just kind of builds on each other. So that's a long question to say no. I mean, a long answer to say no. There's no price or condition guide. But you can kind of build your own in your head if you narrow your focus a little bit, especially in the beginning.
0: It's a, uh, it's a minefield. I think, it is vintage pens. It is.
1: A, there's never a show where something like this doesn't come up when I talk to um, new and old collectors alike.
0: My complete um, kind of feeling about this is just I buy vintage pens because I like to look at them, yeah. and that's that. Like, I don't buy them to use them because I feel like right. I'm setting myself up for disaster. I know that people do it, and I know it works, but like that's just the way that I, I end up thinking
1: about it. mm mm-hmm. So speaking of disasters, Mike, and you're probably the wrong, wrong person to ask uh, based on your Noodlers, uh, I mean your Diamond Autumn Oak experience a moment ago, but Bryant in the Slack wants to know if we have any ink nightmares that have ruined pens and nibs, and he puts in Noodlers uh, with a question mark, as in, you know, does Noodlers do that? And it's specific inks with Noodlers, like the uh-huh. famous one is Bay State Blue.
0: Which I we've been through this so many times. Yep. I have no yep. idea why people do this
1: but people who love the ink so much and can't get away from it will dedicate a specific pen for that because it will stain stain a converter. It will stain a barrel if it's in a demonstrator with a piston filler. Um, it may stain the feed. I don't know what it's going to do to the nib. It's a very harsh ink, but people can't get away from the color. Um, so they'll dedicate one pen to use. If you use good pen hygiene, um, unlike Mike, hey. you... <laughs> I'm just kidding. You actually do. You do the right thing. Um, if If you take care of your pens, like, I don't have... I have zero hesitancy to use iron gall inks because I know I'm going to keep up with that pen, and it's not going to be sitting around for two or three months allowing that ink to do bad things to my pen. So, if you get really attached to a very harsh ink, like an iron gall ink... Um and not all Iron Gall inks are created equally, right? Like Diamonds Registrars is very strong. Um, it's liable to stain, it's hard to clean, and then things like um Roaring Klingner's Salix is more on the tame side. You know, it cleans out easily even after weeks of being loaded in a pen. So there's always gonna be some story about a p- ink ruined my pen. And there are inks that will ruin your pens. Um, but honestly, they're few and far between if you practice good cleaning hygiene. So, you know, if you're worried about it up front, test it in a pen you're not worried about messing up. I've never... I've maybe... I've never, like, overly stained a barrel. Like, that would be the most extreme. But I also... St- never have purchased Bay State blue or have tried like crazy things to put in these pens, you know, mm-hmm. up front. So I am cognizant of what I put in most pens, but I don't hesitate to put iron gall inks or pigmented inks in my pens, as long as I'm maintaining them and cleaning them correctly. So, all right. So a um, couple more and then we'll wrap it up. Mm-hmm. And this is from Bob at my pens, My pen needs ink who uh, again, who I've told him before has my son's favorite sticker in the pen universe, even over the pen addict sticker. So he sent me some extra ones. So thank you, Bob. He wants to know if either of us use one of those lap desk board things to write while sitting when another hard surface is not available. Do you Mike?
0: No, I don't know.
1: So I bought one of these a few years ago from Levenger because they make a, a, they seem to have the most styles that were of my taste And I used it pretty frequently before I had a desk available. And now it just kind of sits in the closet. I actually used it for a while and enjoy using it and would break it out. um, If I was sitting on the couch or in a chair and wanted to do some writing, it worked very well. Um, It had kind of these elastic, kind of like a hard walnut top and then like a cushion on the bottom that was Mm -hmm. Velcroed on. And you could actually get it pretty stable. Sometimes it wobbles some because of that cushioning and cushioning effect, but you could get it pretty stable and have a solid writing surface and have these little rubber straps. You could put in a couple extra pins or hold down your notebook or something like that. I enjoy them. You know, I think I probably paid like 40 or 50 bucks for mine. I got good use out of it. I haven't used it in probably a year or two though. I don't really break it out much anymore because I have enough different writing spaces for, um, for myself to use. But, um, I like them you do if you're trying to do something more than writing like drawing coloring you're going to get a little bit more movement than you like but uh, otherwise I would uh, recommend them all right last one and we're back on the Europe bandwagon which I can always get behind Mike we love our European listeners sure we do um so uh Kim Bat wants to know or Kim herself Kim (laughs) Bat Kim herself uh wants to know do you know reliable sailor vendors in Europe and uh, she she tagged you and um i actually i didn't go through the list here but i know um uh apple bomb in the netherlands i think it's that's how you pronounce it uh spelled apple boom pins i believe they are a sailor vendor uh what about our friends at Cult Pins? they man? are and that's who i would buy from so yeah in the uk Cult pens let's see apple boom. and i'm uh apple Carries pretty much everything, so they are very, very popular. Um, even for you know people ordering in the U.S., they get a lot of uh, U.S. business um, because they carry uh, all kinds, all kinds of products. And uh, let's see, I'm pulling it up. Sorry, oh, they do not have the sailor. Let's see. There
0: here. you go. Where you oh, see so you're oh, leading people are. down the garden are. path here, here.
1: Nope, I got them. I got them. I got them. Let's see no sailor so cult See? pens cult pens. Pens. pens is your winner i was trying to give a few options but uh trust me no, no, i know I what i'm talking
0: about this dowdy yeah. fellow he hasn't got any idea
1: yeah 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 so uh
0: the only thing is though cult pens don't really have a great selection of sailor stuff
1: well there's only a lot eight, of cheaper stuff there's only eight inks at a time if you're looking for ink um but if yeah you're as far for as pens, pens go no, that's a different no. that's a different story Yeah. Um, and if actually, if anyone knows any other good uh, sailor vendors in Europe, I'm probably missing some, probably, uh, probably the Akramon store probably sells, uh, they have a full, full lineup of, uh, you know, they're, they don't just sell their, it's not an ink store, right? It's a fountain pen store. So uh, Akramon might, uh, might have that, but I don't know if they ship, how they, sh- what their shipping is. So that's a couple of, uh, a couple of options there to, to keep in mind. And uh, we'll see if we can come up with some more. We'll, we'll follow up on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the customs are always going to hurt you, but a lot of the times you can win on the exchange rate to buy them from somewhere else. But Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to put a a link in the show notes to sailorpen.co.uk. They -hmm. have a a list of companies that they recommend um, as uh, vendors. One of them is The Writing Desk, which is a company Mm -hmm. that I can endorse. Yeah, definitely. some great stuff from them, and they have all the pro gear and all that. So if you're looking for the pens... Uh, the writing desk uh, are a good company to buy from. I bought from them online, and I bought from them directly at the London Pen Show. I bought my first Edison from them.
1: Nice. Okay, and uh, Ackerman in the Netherlands has the full lineup, because um, right when you go to their page, they have the King of Pens. So if you carry King of Pens from Sailor, you carry everything. So there you go.
0: Do you carry everything then? Because you carry King of Pen, mm-hmm. right?
1: I, I I carry it all, Mike.
0: If you want to find our show notes for this week, you know where to go. Relay.fm slash penaddict slash 221. Thanks again to our sponsors for this week's episode, Squarespace and Harry's. If you want to find Brad online, he is at penaddict.com. He's at dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M on Twitter. Penaddict on Instagram. I am imike, I-M-Y-K-E. And uh, we'll be back next time. Thank you so much for listening. Until then, say goodbye, Brad Dowdy.
1: Goodbye, Brad Dowdy.